This is the Box Gathering Podcast. We take a deeper look into how learning affects boxing development and how our understanding of this as coaches can make a greater impact on performance. Catch up with us at www.theboxgathering.co.uk. The Box Gathering. Connect, share, grow. Okay, guys, 68, episode 68, the Box Gathering podcast. Okay, uh, so this morning on our WhatsApp group, so for those who don't know, we have a, a WhatsApp group. We have quite a few, but there's a kind of a main one, the, the, the Box Gathering WhatsApp group, Silver Group. Uh, and anybody and everybody is invited onto that um, who is a boxing coach, who obviously is not going to be a numpty and go on there and spam the hell out of it and be an idiot. Uh, but we have a great community of people that go on there and, and chat about Anything and everything boxing. Occasionally, it does spiral off into a little bit of banter and things like that. We've got no real issues with that, but it's um it's all a um, a real good uh, forum, I suppose, for people to share ideas. Anyway, my point being this: uh, scrolling through Instagram, sort of lazily uh, this morning as I got up and sort of half knackered still. Um, you know, the stuff that comes up in your feed is usually stuff that you look at, right? So, it, you know, the, the algorithms, rah, rah, rah. Anyway, so I see some uh, American chap, I think he is, doing some pads, right? And obviously the girl's decent, she can box, etc. But he's doing all these, like, you know, billion combination pads, bang, 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 bang. Um, and instantly, I'm looking at it going, oh, right, here we go again, the, the sort of nonsense pads. Now, there's always arguments around the kind of pads, you know, what pads should, should look like, etc. And, and what actually is... What are good pads? What is going to give you more bang for your buck? You know, what's going to really help in terms of skill acquisition, development, etc., etc. And the fact that these patter cake pads don't do that. Anyway, a couple of things about that. One is the billions of people that are absolutely duped into um, thinking that when you're doing these 300 punch combinations and the person's not moving the feet, they're not extending, rotating, and the coach is actually bringing the pads clear, nearer to the boxer than the boxer is actually extending their shots or rotating with the shots, then um, they're brilliant pads. And let's be honest, if you are, a, if you don't understand about boxing coaching, you don't understand about these kind of things, you're going to look at that and go, wow, that is brilliant. And it does look impressive, you know, to the sort of... Um, uh, uninducted, shall we say? It does look brilliant. It, look, it looks flash, you know. And are there benefits to it? There are probably minimal stuff, you know, confidence. But you could argue is that fake confidence? It looks good. It's feel good. It's getting people active, you know. I I, I don't buy into the hold hand eye coordination rubbish because coordination is actually making a decision about where you're going to put your hands rather than uh, it being dictated um, by where a pad is or a routine. So there's no real thought process going to it. Anyway, I don't want to get into the whole pat cake pads chat about this at the moment. So one thing I thought I would have a little chat about now as I'm, as I'm driving back from work is position of the pads, right? Okay, so one of the things we always talk about is, okay, so if you're going to be a pad person, then obviously make sure you take up the stance of a boxer so you look like a boxer and, you're, and the boxer is almost taking the right kind of cues and tuning into the right kind of information that you're presenting, where your hands are, where your shape is, etc. So when you do throw shots at them or a target comes up, it, it's as closely related as possible that can happen with, with a pair of pads, right? So there's that. There's also, of course, that don't meet the punch. So we don't want to take away the, the rotation extension of the punch by bringing the pad away from the target area, right? So that, that completely makes sense, just like these bloody pads cake pads are doing anyway, right? Uh, and then, of course, there's actually body alignment as well. So are the pads actually replicating the target of the shot? Are you putting them in places um, that would actually the shot would or should land? 
So, you know, an, a clear example, that would be, okay, an orthodox boxer's thrown a left hook, right? So a lead hook to the head. Where does everyone put their pads? The, they actually line their pad up way outside their left eye. So the punch is almost way past the target. And then any follow through is, is going to send them off, off, um, off kilter, off balance. Whereas it really, it should be more towards your right eye um, where the target is. Now, there are implications of safety there if, if you're not careful and you don't know what you're doing. So, But in a perfect world, it should almost be there all the time, but you do get caught. So I understand why people bring it out towards their left eye, if you can kind of see that. I know that's not great for a podcast, but if you can kind of picture that in mind, the pad will be um, should nearer be the right eye than it should be the left eye. Okay? Right. So those are the sort of three areas. You've got the body alignment, pad position, and on looking like a boxer. That's one of the things. Now, okay, so what about actually when the pad comes up? So two sort of schools of thought here. One is present the pad, right? So I'm moving around with the boxer, and then I put my, my lead pad up for a jab, for example. Right? It comes up, bang. So pros to that are the boxer has to be in a good position, i.e. edge of range, long range, to throw that shot. Um, or if they're a little bit closer, might have to adjust their feet and push away to throw that if it wants to be a you know a mid-long range jab. All right, so there has to be that state of readiness and aliveness about actually uh, throwing that pad. So there is a bit of range appreciation going on there, uh, and you know, is the is, are you switched on? You know, is the nervous system switched on to react really really quickly to that? Okay, so there's some good parts to actually presenting that pad. Um, sharpness etc helps with the I think at the end of a training cycle when you're in that kind of sharpening up and tapering phase right so there's that but there's also um, leaving the pad up there so let's say if you can imagine I'm putting my hand up for an orthodox boxer to throw a jab whether it's my right hand pad or my left hand pad it doesn't matter but I'm leaving that pad up there now a couple of different things happen with that now the choice comes with the choice maker so with the athlete with the boxer so the boxer can then throw that lead hand or backhand if they wanted to they could throw that shot when they wanted to um negatives to that is that maybe that shot isn't coming when you want it to or when you think it should come because they're in they should be striking now as you move in or as you move away etc so there is a bit of a problem there however like i say the choice then becomes with the, the boxer if you leave that pad up there so it's all about them actually making a decision to move their feet in um, but they can also make a decision about what they throw. So a straight pad doesn't have to be a jab or a backhand. It can be a hook. If they pivot round and you know move their trunk or move their feet, it can turn it into a different shot. So they then they then have a lot more decision making um, opportunities, and they can start tapping into different affordances of what's happening when you move forwards or move backwards or move to the side, or when you throw certain shots at them and they have to counter. So there's having that pad there all the time passes over a bit of decision making now is one better than the other um no i don't think so i think a pad man should use both so an opportunity to strike uh, by bringing the pad up when you want to so there's almost that window of opportunity that might go so when you step in um, and put the pad there and then take it away if they haven't hit it then they can re readjust and reevaluate what they've done uh, to see if they can actually get their feet in the right position to strike and hit that pad when it comes open and when it comes closed, right? Because opportunities come and go in boxing, very small windows. Um, but what it also does, I think the issue there is when you do put a pad up, you're making the decision for the boxer of what to throw most of the time. Bang, it's got to come up there, it's got to come up there. 
So we do strip away a little bit of autonomy, a bit of decision making um, when we do that. With the pad up, then they can choose when they want to throw it. So you could argue maybe that is more of a progression, actually leaving the pad up. I know that a lot of, uh, I've heard coaches um, actually, what's the word, criticise a pad man who always leaves the pad up because it almost looks a bit novice and it looks like you're losing control of the boxer. And you could argue there is an element of, of lo- loss of autocracy there, but actually leaving it up, passes the decision over so perhaps it's more of a if my boxer is further down the line and they know their abcs let's put them under a little bit more pressure by leaving the pad up there rather than actually bringing it to them all the time again different sports you know whether it be kickboxing mma multi uh, and of course boxing there's loads and loads of conversations out there a moment at the moment about the effectiveness of pads. In my personal opinion, I don't think they are as effective or as a, a bigger motor skill and skill acquisition tool as we think they are. But like anything, it also depends on how you use them. So you can get the most out of them, I think, by variety of those two things, by leaving the pad there. Um, or by or by placing the target up when you want to and just throwing in as much chaos as possible depending on the ability of that boxer and the stage of, of, of learning and development that they're at so that always kind of interests me but like I say pad work if it's done poorly um, and by poorly that doesn't mean just random just not putting it in body alignment or in positions and things like that or reaching for it they, they, that is poor that's a standard that needs to always be met but what i mean by poorly is by if the boxer can do the same sort of stuff that they could do maybe three months into when they first started boxing and they're doing the same sort of stuff three years into when they first started boxing but maybe just a little bit faster and stronger then actually what value are there to the pads so my thoughts around that is there's not enough variability. So by variability, I mean more chaos, uh, more opportunities, more information that they have to deal with. Are the shots coming back a lot more than um, than what they're used to? So let's be honest with pads. Nine times out of ten, it's the boxer being offensive rather than defensive. Are the feet moving? Are they adjusting? So is there representativeness, i.e. is are the pads moving because the coach is actually moving their feet because if you're going to throw a shot at me as a boxer i'm going to move my feet and not let you hit me so we need to destabilize that or perturb it is the nice fancy word we need to destabilize that by actually moving our feet throwing shots back and making it as representative as possible when do we do that depends on the ability of the boxer depends where they are and it also depends on that whole kind of stretching support scheme so if, if they are high level then there needs to be a lot more variability in stretch if they're a lower level then there needs to be a lot more support and less variability i probably less movement um and less um uh less uh affordances i.e pad position etc and shots coming back at them that's my sort of thoughts along there so a good coach obviously knows when to stretch and support their boxer properly um but yeah coming full circle because there's a lot of sort of a me trying to empty my bloody brain out there coming full circle i think a good coach will put their pads up sometimes um depending on that whole tactical periodization when they're doing it and why they're doing it but also um they will also leave the pad up there 
for the boxer to make decisions as to what to throw and when to throw. And that also gives them a little more idea about were their feet in a good position anyway, because boxers, in my opinion, um, often spend too much time out of range where they're having to push back in again. It's very ineffective. Um, and they're getting, they're getting more to this kind of overthinking zone rather than this kind of automated zone where they kind of almost just do from a bit more um, reactional, you know, uh, you know, trusted in themselves um, and becoming sort of less cognitive and more actually uh, automatic. Uh, yes. So anyway, yeah, yeah, I think there we have it. There we have it. So what's that? That's a 12 minute rant around, um, around pads there. Let me know what your thoughts are, guys. Uh, just a little heads up as well. Um, we are creating some quizzes uh, on the Box Gathering website at the moment. So I think I'm about eight quizzes into it at the moment. So um, there'll be several on um, general knowledge quizzes to test your general knowledge on amateur and pro boxing. Uh, and there will also be England boxing regional quizzes. So we're going to do some quizzes and lots of people around the country uh, on the Box Gathering have always he have helped us already with those um, actually putting together some regional. I've done a Southern Counties one so far. There's a Home Counties one, Tynetees and Weir one, uh, Western Counties one's coming uh, already and a London one is coming too. And uh, eventually we will get around all those uh, uh, different regions of England and get these quizzes to you. Just a little bit of fun out of 10, 10 points available uh, and you can post your, uh, your scores um, if you think you've done quite well or if you've done pathetically. And there are a few little red herrings and a, a few funnies and, and maybe even a little couple of piss takes in there as well of uh, people that I know. Uh, so, yeah, um, have a look out for those. They will be going live very soon. And what is the date today anyway? So the date is the 30th of June 2022. Um, so they'll be going live uh, next week in the first week of July. Anyway, um, let me know your thoughts about this podcast today. Uh, pod, you know, pad, pad work is always a... Um, a bone of contention amongst coaches um, but yeah I'm just seeing all this stuff going on on Instagram and people absolutely loving it and posting the on fire bloody emoji um, without that kind of real understanding of, of, um, of motor learning and, and skill acquisition and, and human motivation and things like that so um, yeah like I say bone of contention there we go have a great day guys see you later ta-da If you liked this podcast, similar content and discussions can be found at The Box Gathering. The Box Gathering is a social initiative born out of the ashes of the first lockdown in March 2020. We provide a platform where coaches, boxers, officials and boxing enthusiasts can join together online to discuss various boxing topics. It's free to join and upgrade options offer unlimited access to all our live gatherings, campfire videos and coaching resources. Join today at www.theboxgathering.co.uk